1: better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 29 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing? Long weekend here in Canada. You know, uh, hot. Oh, it's been hot here for about two weeks. It's like 30 today. Yeah, the air conditioning is just pumping. I got fans blowing on me. If you hear, I think in the last couple episodes, if you're hearing that noise, yeah, it's an oscillating fan I have in my back room here. Um, yeah, so if you, if that's that's the noise you can hear in the background. But uh, yeah, crazy uh, crazy times and uh, crazy heat. But uh, you know, got to enjoy it. I know the sun worshipers are out there enjoying it. I know we had early moisture here in Saskatchewan early in the in the summer. So and now with the heat, I know the farmers are real happy. The uh, crops are really growing this year. Apparently, they're doing really well. I'm not a farmer. I'm just being told this from farmers. So uh, they're they're saying it's good. So that's good. And uh, you know, I know we need a little bit of rain here. It's supposed to rain here tomorrow. So hopefully that'll that'll happen. Get some moisture, but uh, cool things off. But uh, other than that, I hope everyone's uh, doing well out there. And uh, yeah, here we are, another Wednesday. <clears throat> I what I'm doing today, I know. I always say I know everybody likes lists. Um, I had the, I did a 12 guests of Christmas deal lot two years ago, and I had different guests on, and they did like you know 15 to 20, 25 in some cases, 35, 40 minute kind of individual spots. So, kind of, some of them aren't long enough to be obviously standalone episodes, like for my Vault episodes on Sundays, um, but I want to incorporate them, because I think there's some still some really good information, and some funny stories or whatever in there, like the Jamie Rivers one that I put out, when he was, you know, fighting in Southie, and Hall of Famers sleeping in cars, if you're like, what does he talk about, go back, and I don't know what episode it is, I think it's six, I think, but uh, yeah, check that one out, that was, that was pretty good, and ribs is always awesome. Because I his topic was the three beauty teammates. It was like a Christmas show again. So it was like the different kind of, you know, three wise men, three beauty teammates, blah, blah, blah. Um, so uh, with this today, I got Mike Brown, the former Vancouver Canuck, Kamloops Blazer, Anaheim Duck. Um, I know, I would say there's, I know there was two tough Mike Browns that played in the NHL. So it's like, which one are you talking about? I don't, I don't want to classify him as this, but it might, he's the older one. Um, he was the one that was traded for Pavel Bure. He was drafted by Florida first overall, or in the first round, pardon me. Uh, I think he was twenty-first overall, and um, yeah, and he played uh, uh, a little bit in the NHL. Played in the minors, it's, and uh, yeah, I think it was. I think in my intro, I said seven or eight hundred games he played you know, junior and pro combined, and uh, had a lot, 200 and some fights, and uh, he was a bad dude, and I know he was one of the toughest guys in the Western League, I was a big fan of him growing up, uh, you know, watching him, kind of in that Parker era, and, um, but a really solid player, too, and, well, again, 21st overall, you're not just taking Joe Rockhead, right, so, you know, good player, and uh, I have a, I did a full-length episode uh, interview with Mike that was really good. And that'll actually be this Sunday's vault episode will be that one. Uh, so we're going to do Mike Brown week this week. But I, in the meantime, uh, I, I had done this earlier with him, the, his five toughest opponents. And it, uh, you know, some uh, some cool results. So I'm going to add that to this. This will be, be at the end of my little, uh, I don't even want, I'm not even really ranting, but in today's episode, I'm going to add that in there. So yeah, we're going to have Mike Brown's toughest opponents at the end of this episode. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, I know every Wednesday is, is new content and, uh, you know, um, you know, I always try to do, most of the time I always try to do player interviews or, or interviews of some sort, whether it be with players or, uh, you know, fellow fight fans or what have you, but, uh, yeah, I mean, between work and I'm, like I said, I work today, so, and on the weekend was, uh, you know, we got busy and stuff, so I haven't really had a lot of time to set up, uh, interviews with guys and then, uh. You know, uh, a few guys just you know we're trying to touch base and trying to uh, sync up schedules, and then other you know classic other guys are MIA. You know they say they're going to do things and then they don't show up, or you can't get a you can't get a time out of them, or but they keep. Uh, well, I'd love to do the show, bro. You know, but okay, well you know, give me a time and let's do it then. But uh, you know, and hey, double H, got to get on here, man. Come on, let's go. And, uh, you know, I hope you're listening. Listen to uh, listen to your show there, and, uh, yeah, we got, we got to get you on here. I think that would be an interesting conversation that we could have. But uh, I won't reveal who that is until he comes on. Then you'll know who I'm talking about. Um, but I hope everybody went back and actually listened to on my Sunday Vault episode with Chris, Chris Graff. Uh, Chris is a great guest, and uh, it's actually been really cool. I've gotten to know him a little bit afterwards. We, I, When I went to Edmonton to visit my friends, I stopped, I finally got to meet face-to-face with Graf, and hung out in his basement at his Sean Legault built bar in his basement in Edmonton, and uh, we drank beers all afternoon, and, and bullshitted, and, you know, he showed me a few pictures from his career, and some jerseys, and I think I put it on Twitter, I took a few pictures of his uh, Ice pads jersey and stuff, and, uh, you know, and I met his wife Denise, and uh, you know, we just had a fun afternoon. And uh, you know, and since then I've talked to him on the phone. I always enjoy talking to Chris. Like I say we're kind of kindred spirits, and the, you know, with the with the, you know, we're relatively same age, and uh, you know, just our fight fandom and stuff. And um, and it was really cool because um, he actually he, he laughed. He goes, "Oh, I got to show you this from my high school or my you know teenage years." He had this like Bob Probert collage that he had cut out all these pictures from the hockey news and all the magazines. And I laughed. It was, uh, cause I have the exact, I did the exact same thing and I cut out the exact same pictures. And, uh, I was showing them the one night we were kind of, uh, we were texting the pictures back and forth and we were just laughing. And I think, I think we really bonded over that, uh, in our love for Probert and just the old school enforcers. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it's been a lot of fun getting to know Chris and, and Denise and, uh, you know, like I said, when this all kind of clears up, we can go back to Edmonton. Like I said, I'm always going to Edmonton a couple times a year anyway. I've, I have really, I have old high school and, uh, for, like lifelong friends out there, uh, Marv and Kevin and then their wives and kids. And, uh, you know, so we're out to Edmonton quite a bit. And now, of course, we'll add the graphs to our, to our journey out there. And, uh, really looking forward. My wife hasn't met them yet. She wasn't with me when I was out there. But, uh, you know, I look forward to introducing her to them as well. So, if you guys are listening, I know Chris. I'm trying to get you to listen more to the podcasts, and he's not a real tech guy, but uh, hopefully he's listening to these podcasts. But uh, I actually, and like I said, I think I brought it up in the other episode how I have a project coming up here that I really want him involved in, along with Mazer and Mirad and a couple other people, and uh, and and they've all said yeah. So I just got to set it up, and it's kind of a video link thing. It'll probably be kind of a YouTube project because um, it's like going to be a visual thing too. So uh, yeah, I'm le- I'm really looking forward to putting something together though. I think it'll be it'll be something new that no one's done. Actually, i not sure what Cam Jansons is doing. It actually, what am I talking about? But you know, Jansons is breaking down his fights. It was the exact same thing. Um, you know, and I'm going to get these guys to break down kind of three of their iconic fights that they had in their career, uh, each of them, and uh, you know, just kind of go through their mindset and what they were doing, what they were thinking at the time, and and then, you know, go through the fight and then, you know, just and break it down like that so it's, um and I and I had talked about this like six months ago with Mayrad I ran it by him and, you know, and then sure enough, there's Jansen's doing it and I mean, not, I'm not saying, oh, he stole my idea because I never made it public what I was doing but I was just kind of laughing, I'm like, well, I guess there you go, I wasn't the only one that came up with this idea, I guess, but uh <clears throat> um yeah, but I'm definitely looking forward to doing that um, cause I love when Jansen does it, it's really cool, so, uh, I, I, think fans will really like it, and, um, yeah, and then, uh, other than that, um, man, I'm looking, I'm, I'm watching my little time thing, I'm at like a nine minute mark, and it's like, oh my god, I'm just, I'm rambling on here, I, I really, seriously didn't have, a, I don't have any notes or anything, you're, you're, li- anybody listening, oh, no kidding, yeah, no, idea. Yeah, I don't have a format, what a shock, um, no, it was funny, I was sitting here and, uh, my wife went out to her parents' place out to the farm here for a little while, so I'm thinking, hey, maybe I should record this episode, um, right now, so she doesn't, she doesn't have to, <coughs> pardon me, so she doesn't have to listen to it tomorrow. Like I said, when you're in a two-bedroom condo, I mean, you can kind of hear everything, so, kind of, I'm trying to spare her the, uh, of listening to the nonsense, so, and it's weird because she's a school teacher, right, so obviously she's off right now, but, I said I, I like it when the, when school's school's on because I get home at like three o'clock, and then from like three to five thirty, I have this window of you know when I do a lot of my recording is usually right after work. That's funny when I'm in the truck at work. Usually, is that's when I'll kind of I have these little sticky notes and I write down like kind of okay, bring that up on the show or bring this up on the show and you know and then so I'll, I kind of have I I I have somewhat of a format to talk about. Or at least some bullet points. Not tonight though. But I know the NHL's back rolling, playoffs are on or Brown Robin or COVID Cup or whatever they're calling it. But uh, I laughed last night uh Furland from for Vancouver speared the Who are they playing now? Who's Vancouver playing? oh there you go, it tells you how much I give a shit Who are they? oh Minnesota, that's who they're playing And I, I guess he speared Ryan, is it Hartman? Ryan Hartman? Um, but it wasn't even him it was the other guy, Furland's going by and one of the Minnesota wild guys grabs a stick from the bench so Furland pulls it out and then like spears the guy but he speared the wrong guy <clears throat> and oh, of course hockey twitter's up in arms shit, you think he you know, it was it was the hockey crime of the century or something so somebody, you know, said, "Oh, he got a five thousand dollar fine. And that was it. No suspension. And blah blah blah." The guy wasn't even the guy he speared wasn't even hurt. He speared him in like the gut. You know, the guy's not even hurt. But oh god, here we go. And they're all it's terrible. And wow, why would he do it? And I'm like, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna think it's cute to grab a guy's stick and whatever, and it's a you know playoff game and people are heated and stuff, and you think you're gonna be cutesy grabbing a guy's stick, well, fuck, you get what you get whatever, like I said, it's not like he knocked his teeth out or anything, or you know, he speared him in the gut and life goes on like I said, it's some half ass spear, and of course, hockey Twitter's gotta talk like, oh my god, we gotta give this guy three to five years or something so I kind of commented on a video, like I said, play stupid games, win stupid prizes so some guy, of course, replies back I I don't understand, your logic astounds me, I said, well, I can understand how logic astounds you you know, and then he proceeds to tell me his reasoning, of course, is right away. Oh, I guess, oh, I guess, if someone argues with you, you'd shoot them, or, you know. And then he's and then he's talking about Middle Eastern terrorism and all this from a half-ass spear. Yeah, and I'm and he's talking about logic, as I said to him. Uh, yeah, clearly logic is over here. I love these people when they try to make these extreme analogies or similarities, comparisons. Then he's old oh, cadre. I guess you'd excuse him. Like I don't know what Codri did. I don't give a shit what Codri did. What does that have to do with the video I'm talking about? I'm like, "Oh, it's just these people just they got to they got to try so hard. And these trolls. Like it's not like the guy follows my account. I I'm like, "Who are you? Like you just you just felt the need to flap your lips." And then it's just some idiotic goofy like, I, like, a part of me thinks it's really funny, but then the other part is just, like, embarrassed for you, you know? I mean, it's Twitter in a nutshell, but it's like, you know, and then you get a few, oh, I think what he's trying to say. I'm like, I don't give a shit what he's trying to say. The moment he started comparing it to shooting someone, yep, you, you lost me. I don't give a shit what you have to say after that. You're a moron. So I don't care. So this guy's trying to, well, I think that's a fair comparison. Well, fuck off. Like, I don't give a shit what you, who are you? Anyway. Like these trolls, who are you? I don't care. I didn't ask for your opinion. You don't follow my account. So, I'm not talking to you and I I was I didn't reply to something you tweeted. So, who are you? I don't give a shit what you have to say. So, it's just like block. And then somebody asked, "Why do you block so many people?" I'm like, "That's yeah, the same reason I flush the toilet, you know? Why who needs shit in their life?" You know. So, like I don't care what this person has to say. They don't care what I have to say that's fine, but, so we'll just, you know, we'll both, they're existing on Twitter, I'm existing on Twitter, we just don't need to read each other's stuff, so, there you go. Now, my, my patience on social media is very limited, like, I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me, that's fine, how you approach it, and if, if you want to be, but you can't have, like, civil discourse on Twitter, very seldom, unless it's with followers that I actually, like, respect. Then I'll have a discourse with them. But at the same time, we're not name-calling each other or whatever. We'll just... Oh, I think that was kind of bush. I didn't think it was that bad. Okay. Well, we'll just disagree then. You know, that, and that was about it. I don't block someone because of that. But when you're going to tell me that's the same as shooting someone, well, yeah, I, you know what? You're a moron, and I don't need that idiocy in my life. So there we go. So there we go. Hey, you know hockey's back. When I'm on here bitching, <laughs> bitching about Twitter... You know, but uh, yeah. Other than that, well, I'm looking over my shoulder. i see seeing my wife is home. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. We're 15 minutes in. It's kind of a kind of a lame episode, isn't it? I, I guess I should have had some stuff planned. Although I do know what I was going to talk about. Actually, I'm going to bring this up. I got it on my computer here. Um, it was really cool. Kevin Shaw, a follower of mine, I hate using the word follower, but you know, well, we follow each other on Twitter. Um, he's a Regina Pats, kind of a storying guy and whatever. And he's actually sent me some really cool shit, some, some good video. And uh, But he also, um, the Regina Leader Post, the newspaper back in the day, well, I guess it's still a newspaper now, but um, used to run what they call the best in the East. So in the East Division, in the Western Hockey League, um, they would, uh, players and coaches were were given, like they did player polls, best, best forward, hardest shot, best shot, best pro prospect, blah, blah, blah. But then also one of the categories was best fighter. And they've been doing this since 1987. And they also do a best in the West one, which I would love to get. Um, I don't know what newspaper did the best in the West, though. Because, you know, you can go on newspapers.com, I mean, I'm sure someone can find it. But I don't know what newspaper did it. So, um, I know Brendan Witt won Best Fighter once, and I know Kale Halls won it once. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I'd love to see the other Best in the West ones. But anyway. Kevin sent me, what do we got here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, seven, eight. Yeah, like 87 to 03, best in the East. I don't know if 03 is when they stopped doing it. Yeah, actually, every one of them except 1990. There's one of them missing. 1995 is missing. But yeah, 87. So it was just interesting to look at the best fighters. And again, this is voted on by coaches and players. So it doesn't get much more legit than that. And apparently, I think someone said in the rules, you couldn't vote for teammates. So you're really... um, So anything that's voted on by the players, it's, uh, you know, it's it's as legit as you're going to get, you know. Not to say that there isn't probably guys voting for, oh, he's on a different team, but he's my friend, you know, or whatever. You know, obviously that probably went on or whatever. But, I mean, overall, when it's a fan vote or a media vote, they're just, you you know, that's obviously slanted. Plus, where's the knowledge base, right? They're just going by what they're seeing, you know. It's hard to, when you've never... Like I said, if you've never done it, yeah, you know, you don't really know. But, so when you get the actual players involved, then it's like a lot more credible. So, but it was interesting, in 1987, best best in the East, best fighter from Moose Jaw was Mike Keane, with 42 of the votes. Distancing, number two, Tony Twist, with 27 votes. So how bizarre is that? Mike Keane. With almost twice as many votes as, uh, you know, as, as Tony Twist. Uh, Darren Kimball was third. Then Kerry Clark, Brian Glynn, Rod Dahlman, Mark Jansen, Mark Tenorti, Kushner, Kevin uh, Kevin Kaminsky, Jim McKenzie, and Jeff Audgers all got votes. But yeah, Mike Keene in front of Tony Twist. I was really surprised when I saw the, uh, the results of that uh, poll. But uh, yeah, just kind of going through these. It was really cool. And like I said, uh, you know, kind of always enjoying the old school stuff. And, uh, you know, so it was great when uh, when I got these from Kevin. I was really excited to uh, to get these because it's, uh, you know, it's like a flashback, right, to to my childhood and stuff. So it was really cool to, you know, you see the old names and, uh, you know, best offensive defenseman from Swiftcrank, Bob Wilkie. You know, there you go. Best stick handler, Joe Sackick. Oh, well, yeah, probably. You know, but here we go, 1988, well, there you go, the best fighter was Tony Twist, then Darren Kimble, Mark Jansons, Jim McKenzie, Kevin Kaminsky, Kerry Clark, Dean Schnell, Lyle Oldline. there you go, smartest player, Joe Sackick, then Mike Medano, well, there you go, that's probably a good call, but yeah, it was, uh. And as soon as I saw, as soon as I got these, uh, articles from Kevin, I'm like, okay, well, this is definitely going to be, uh, uh, podcast, um, information right here. I'm going to get definitely an episode out of this. Um, you know, so I thought I was going to combine this kind of with the, uh, with the Mike Brown, uh, top five fighters. So I, I thought this would be kind of a cool little kind of setup for it, but, uh, Uh, What's the next year? Uh, Reed Simpson, Darwin McPherson. If anybody doesn't know the Darwin McPherson story, he went missing in the French Alps, and they found his body like decades later. Uh, It's a pretty wild story. Uh, Yeah, I'm very sad. Um, But his parents never gave up. And, uh, yeah, just look it up, Darwin McPherson on the Internet. Uh, There's a really good book about it, too. Um, Yeah. But, but a great, he was a solid deep, I think he was an Islanders pick, a real tough guy, and big dude played for the Blades here, and uh, yeah, so he's number two, That's Scott Daniels, Cam Brown Darren Bader, Jim Matheson Kevin day off again, Dan Kordik, Clayton Gaynor Oh, ask Mazer about Clayton Gaynor, he talks about him all the time Corey Bolio, Odgers Uh, What is this, 1990? Best Fighters, Scott Daniels, Jeff Rogers, Cam Brown, Gaynor, Kordick Yeah, kind of the same uh, the same cast of characters. Rob Hale, Bob Lokes, Brian Pellerin. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, these are just like really cool. Best Body Checker, Dean Oline. There you go best playmaker West walls there's a name you Bruins fans I'll remember that Was smartest player West walls best stick handler West walls West walls was just really uh, strongest skater he was really clean house this year in the voting um, anyway yeah that was a few I'm gonna save these I won't uh, I won't go through all of them today but uh, yeah I just thought it was really cool I really thank Kevin for for sending those like I really enjoyed those and uh yeah, hopefully I can somebody can track down the best in the west ones because I'd love to see those, and uh, it'd be interesting. But yeah, I was I, I was that was the first one I saw was the 1987 one, and of course I see Mike Keene had a Tony Twist and the best fighter, <coughs> which was kind of wild. But uh, yeah, and I mean I wish I had seen more. I only have I literally have one Mike Keene Junior fight, and that's a really good fight actually. It's on my YouTube channel. Speaking of which. Uh, YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, check it out, over 2,000 fight videos, 2,200 fight videos to be exact, um, everything from junior to pro, and, uh, yeah, and I'm always putting new stuff up there, I got a whole bunch of new DVDs, and, uh. So I've been kind of uh, per- periodically putting new fights up. So su- uh, subscribe to the channel, get notifications as soon as I put something up, you'll get notified. Check it out. I put up some really cool. Put about four or five Derek Parker fights. Really good ones with Lego and uh, you know Ken Fells. Um, if you're a Central Hockey League fan, put some NHL stuff up. I put uh, really co- a really cool uh, Louis DeBrusque Dean Chanel fight from the 1990 preseason with Louis was with the Rangers. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. Put up random, you know, old-school fights, you know. I mean, yeah, they might be 25 years old, but they're new to you, right? So, um, yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, you know, like I said before, on the Hockey Podcast Network, they're really cooking now, of course, the playoffs and everything going. Um, you know, the NHL, uh, they they have all, all, every NHL team is represented on the network. Um, they have individual podcasts for each team. And uh, so... You know, obviously the people that are you know the twenty four teams that are involved in the playoffs. I'm assuming all twenty four shows will have episodes, so it's going to be keeping the boys of the network uh, busy. I know they just signed a couple new uh, podcasts, or um, I will have those names next week. I I hate to be disrespectful, but uh, I know they did sign a podcast because we just started following each other on Twitter, and I'm drawing a blank on who it is, I'm sorry um, but yeah, so they're always adding new content, of course Terry Ryan's also on the network, and uh, you know, everybody knows TR, and he's, he's putting out content left and right, and uh, you know and then of course, every Wednesday, obviously you're listening to it today, um I have a new, I put out new content on Wednesday, and then on Sunday is a Vault episode, where I play an old player interview, that I had from my old website, before it crashed um, you know, and I wanted to get all those episodes back up on, um, or back out there on the internet because I felt I owed it to the guys for taking the time to talk to me and and uh, and I, and, I I'm, and I'm really and like I can say I'm always I'm really proud of the interviews I did and I, I want them out there. So uh, yeah, so we came up with the idea that every Sunday until until they're all up, I will uh, continue to do a vault episode. So uh, definitely check that out. Like I said, this is today's episode twenty nine. So. 28 other episodes to check out, and uh, like I said, I've interviewed Morasti, McMorrow, Steve McIntyre, uh, Joey Tedarenko on and on, and uh, Jeff Rogers, um, you know Roman Volpat. So, and they've all been great interviews. I enjoyed talking to everybody, and uh, and at the time when I put them out, they're really well received. So, if you haven't listened to them, um, you know, please, I, I I encourage you to check them out. And uh, you know, like as I always say, I know there's lots of podcast options out there, and uh, um, every one of their dog has a show these days. So the fact that you're listening to me right now, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully you'll stick with me. And uh, not every episode's a solo episode, me yammering on. But uh, um, you know, I always try to get a guest on. Like I said, I have some player guests lined up, and a couple of them, I I know they'll do it for sure. Uh, you know, one, both of them are actually out of town for work right now, so. They're not avoiding me. But uh, when they get back, I've talked to them on the phone. We have already talked about a few stories. And one guy, if his episode is half as good as the half an hour phone conversation I had with him, uh, you guys are in for a real treat. Um, It'll be a little crazy for sure. But, uh, you know, I always say I never reveal who they are until the the interviews are actually done. So, because it's so, you know, up and down in terms of interviewing guys, so... You know, nothing. Nothing's for sure until it's actually hit record. So, but I, I think. Well, will have some good, really good stuff coming towards you here in the in the late fall, and uh, you know, and uh, also I'd really like to get another Twitter tournament going, but I don't want to do it while the tournament, while the Stanley Cup stuff's on. But I think once that, once the hockey season it seems so odd, bizarre to be in August. I'm talking about the hockey season, but once the uh, pl- the round robin or the whatever the hell they're calling this, the COVID Cup. <laughs> Once it wraps up, I'm, another, I'm gonna do another Twitter tournament, the Minor League Mayhem tournament, which is my favorite tournament to do. I mean, I love the Prober tournament, but the uh, Minor League Mayhem tournament is my favorite. So, but I want to do that when everything's when there's not when there's no hockey going on, so everybody can kind of focus on it because uh, I think it gets lost like all these games and everyone you know everybody's excited for the tournament and blah blah blah. So it'll just get lost amongst all that, and I don't want to do that. So. I'll wait for this to be done, but I know, because somebody, a couple people have been asking me about Twitter tournaments, I know you guys really dig them, so, yeah, that'll be coming, but, um, other than that, um, other shows to listen to, Alec over at Five for Fighting, of course, Joe at the Coliseum Chronicles, my boy, uh, Bobby Longrass over at the the Bucket Drop podcast, who got his boat stolen, and then apparently it's been found, so I don't know, he's going to talk about it on his whole episode there, but, yeah. I'm glad he got his boat back, though. I had to bust his balls a little bit, but I'm glad he got it back. But, because uh, I, what a piss-off, you know. I said, I think he just got into the whiskey and parked it around the corner and forgot about it. But, uh, no, I'm glad he got his boat back in all seriousness. But, uh, no, other than that, uh, I don't know. I've kind of yammered on enough. How about we get back to, well, let's get to Mike Brown. And, you know, he's a lot more interesting than I am. But uh, before I go, guys, you know, um as sponsor, uh, as far as sponsors go for the network, one of them is a. Uh, um, it's it's really cool. It's a cool and I think um, it it really sort of fits into my uh, listener base and my I know definitely on my Twitter followers. Um, I'm trying to make a lot of people aware. Um, because I know everyone's really into jerseys. I'm not talking the game worn stuff, but like or actual game worn stuff. But like, sure, everyone, all these hockey fans, you're always buying jerseys and everything, and putting your favorite guy, or if the new guy gets traded to the team or what have you, or the third jersey or the stadium jersey, you're now the Kraken jersey. People are always buying jerseys, and like I said, I know when I was at the mall there, I couldn't believe it. At Jersey City, they were three hundred dollars for these for the authentic jerseys, and I'm like, you people are nuts three hundred dollars for a jersey. I can't even get over it, but. We have a number of different sponsors of the network, and, and like I said, and a few of them I just kind of, uh, yeah, you know, because I always kind of want to. I'd like to find sponsors that sort of like fit my kind of vibe and what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I don't want to sit there and sponsor something I've never heard of or just be a shill. I mean, uh, whatever. But I did some asking around, talking to a few Jersey guys and whatever. And I know this this company got really good feedback, so I was really happy to to you be able to get bring you guys a discount for for this. So it's coolhockey.com. They've been around since 1999. They're NHLPA endorsed. And if you use the code at checkout, THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, it's 30% off and free shipping. They're out of Toronto. And uh, like I say, I I the other when I checked it out, Calgary Flames third jersey with McGrattan 16 numbers sewn in. A fight strap exactly like how the jersey McGrattan would wear on the ice. It was one hundred and eighty five dollars with free shipping, Canadian. There you go. Can't beat that with a stick. One hundred and eighty five bucks compared to three hundred that I'm looking at at the mall. And then it's and you have to, you know, it's either the it's just the jerseys that they have. So whatever player they have is who you're getting. It's not like it's custom made. This you can get whatever you want on it. You want to get sixty nine God of Thunder on there. Go ahead. It's still going to cost you $185. So there you go. You can get any player you want, any number you want, on the real deal jersey, the fight strap, the whole deal. If you want to wear that and get into a tilt around the water cooler at work on casual Fridays, make sure to tie down. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Make sure to buy one of these jerseys. But that uh, you know that's coolhockey.com. Like I said, a reputable company. And uh, like I said, all the money goes to the to the to the network here, Ishan, Dylan, and the guys are doing a great job. And like I said, they have how many thirty sh- some podcasts to babysit, and uh, like I said, this is easy for me. I just hit record, have a good time, talk, and and then send them the MP3, and you know they do all the work. So I have the easy part. So and they're doing that for like I said, thirty some guests or thirty some shows. So um, if this helps them out a little bit, and uh, you know they can get a few bucks from Cool Hockey for selling jerseys, and hey, why not, right? And like I said to you guys, you're buying the jerseys anyway, so here you go, you're helping out a podcasting group, and you're getting your jersey at a good price. There you go, win-win for everybody. And again, THPN upon checkout, 30% off and free shipping. Although, some, And I was reading on their thing, sometimes it's 40% off, you know, check it out, seriously, go bang around the internet, go check out the jerseys, I know they don't have the cracking yet, on there, but I'm, I'm sure, obviously it's coming, they got everything else, so I'm sure the Seattle team will show up there at some point, but uh, I know everybody's caught hockey fever again now that the the tournament's started, so yeah, so if you're in the mood for a jersey, there you go, I'm trying to help you guys out, so there, there's my uh, ad suggestion, I don't like to call it an ad read, an ad suggestion, and because uh, I don't read the script, I just go, go by feel, that's how the pros do it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Professional. Yeah, real professional setup up here. But, uh, yeah, there we go. I don't know, guys. I think I'm done talking for today. Yeah, it was a hot day today. Got some overtime in. Happy for that, but had to get up at 5.30 in the morning. So, it's 9 o'clock now. I'm running out of gas, so I think we'll call it a, call it a night. And, uh, but here we are. I'm going to put up, uh, my audio I did a couple of years back with Mike Brown. And like I said, this Sunday I'll do the full episode with Mike Brown. But this was uh, his five toughest opponents. And I think you'll know a few of these names. But uh, like I said, guys, go back, check out the, uh, the archive of the show. 28 other episodes to check out and some great guests. A lot of laughs, some great stories. And uh, like I always say, I know, support local, support the... The small podcasts, you know, I know everyone listens to the Spit and Chicklets and Thirty One Thoughts and on and on, but uh, there's some small time podcasts uh, bringing you big guests and doing big interviews, and we just don't get the the uh, we don't have the the reach or the credibility, I guess, of the big shows or the big platforms. So, and I and I think uh, and unfortunately, I think a lot of good, really good content. And I'm not just saying myself, but Alec, Joe, everybody. Have done great interviews. I can guarantee far better than some of the ones you'll hear on on Spit and Chiglets, I'll tell you that. Like I always use Alec. Alec had Mike Segroy on his show, the Five for Fighting show, blows the interview Segroy did with Spit and Chiglet's out of the water. But it got you know a, a fraction of the listens, which is a real shame, and that's unfortunate. So honestly, like I said, there's some there's some. Uh, you know, the History of Hockey podcast, the Bis- William at the Biscuit, I mean, there's some some good dudes doing some really good stuff, and uh, hopefully people will start taking notice, and uh, they can get some more listens, like I said, I understand there's only so much time in the day, can't listen to everything, but, uh, you know, give a new sh- give a new show a shot, and uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised, I can guarantee it, but, uh, but all right, let's shut up and get going here, but here's my... Uh, my talk with uh, Mike Brown and his five toughest opponents. And uh you guys have a good week. Thanks for tuning in and I will talk to you on Sunday. Okay guys. Mike Brown, Mike uh thanks for uh taking my call today.
0: Uh anytime, glad I could be a part of the show.
1: Right on, right on. Yeah, so uh yeah, the uh like I was saying uh i kind of give every, every each guest for this little thing uh different topic and with yours it was uh I mean, you had uh, looking at your thing. You had 270 career tilts, uh, give or take, and uh, out of that, I, I, I gave you the task of uh, we kind of want to know your five toughest opponents, and uh, this should be an interesting list. Uh, so, I, I guess, without, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, without further ado, I guess we'll get right into it. What was uh, what was your number? What number five? We'll go five to one.
0: Um. Well. Let's go a tie between a couple legends, legends, uh, Rocky Thompson and Dennis Bonby. Well, oh, there you go.
1: Yeah, legends, you're not kidding.
0: So, yeah, obviously, I mean, I played junior against Rocky, and Dennis and I always seem to run into each other and be in the same division in the minors. So those are probably my two guys I fought the most over the years.
1: Now was uh, I know Rocky? You kind of got that kind of uh, Chuck and Duck left left hand thing going. Did that uh, did that uh, fuck you up at all? Or uh, uh, how was that? How was fighting Rocky? What was that like? Like what were you going into it? What what was the game plan?
0: Well, going into it was probably to survive (laughs) because I fought him quite a bit when I was sixteen and about one hundred and seventy three pounds in red gear. Yep. And obviously, he had the long hair and quite the reputation already, so I was just, you know, trying to survive, and we had some good tilts back then, too.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, well, like, at the time, yeah, like you said, the long hair everything else, it was like he was like the, uh, he was like a Hanson brother, you know?
0: Well, yeah, and plus he played in that old rink in Medicine Hat, which was always dark and... Yep. It was like a Halloween show every night we went there. So, you know, and then you had to line up against him. So, yeah, he he fit in well in that barn back in the day.
1: Yeah, and then, and you also brought up Dennis Bondy. I mean, you know, all-time penalty minute leader. I mean, and that guy just, like you said, legend. I mean, that guy fought everyone and seemed like he was around forever and did the job forever. What was it like uh, fighting Dennis?
0: Well, Dennis, again, I mean, he was one of my first fight, turned him pro, and um, I got matched up with him kind of in a skirmish, and, you know, you get into the fight, and then after the fight, you're sitting there going, holy shit, I just fought Dennis Blondie, and, uh, I mean, he wasn't the biggest guy, but he had a pretty big rep, and, like you said, I mean, he, he fought everybody, so, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight all the time, so... Yeah, I mean, he, he was always a fun go. Yeah, like you said, well, there, well, here we go. So
1: that's number five. We got Rocky and Dennis Well, There you go. Uh, right. Well, uh, well, number four.
0: Um, well, now we're, now we're getting into like the real legends here. And I mean, you know, they, they definitely had the reputation. So, um, probably no particular order. The next three, uh, I'll start with Stu Grimson. I mean, he he was a monster, and in a time again when I was coming up, I think he was my second NHL fight. Yeah. And I remember sitting in warm up stretching, and I looked up, and I mean, I'm six five, two thirty, and I'm looking up at this guy, going, "I got to fight this guy," like, <laughs> you know. Probably on paper, we were both the same, but it was just like, he is just a big boy.
1: Yep. And, and then kind of them long, gangly arms, and uh, yeah, and like you said, no, no yeah. messing around with Stu. I,
0: well, and that's the thing, I mean, I was always pretty good technical, and I could hang in there with everyone, and you know, I thought that would get me through some stuff, and you get to a level in fighting a guy like him. I mean, you think you're going to get one in, and you're getting loose on him, and he's showing you he knows what he's doing, too, and it it was fun. I mean, he chased Brash around for the first few shifts, and Brash wasn't in the mood to go, so he grabbed me, and I'm not going to say no, especially when I'm you know up there for my second career game, and then we had a good long fight, and afterwards, uh, he's a good job kid, and let's play the rest of the night. And I said, not a problem there, Stu. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What else are you going to say,
1: right? But, uh, yeah, well, and, uh, next on your list, uh, uh,
0: well, um, we'll probably go with Marty McSorley. Um, I kind of, I was his last pro fight down when he was making his comeback in the IHL. Yep. And, um, yeah I mean, if you get a chance to go somebody like him, you're you're gonna take it. i I knew going in who he was, obviously, and that he could bring it. and he liked the long fight, so did I. But I remember starting it. I was thinking,, oh, I'm not gonna go out of my way and be a jackass here. So I kind of skated next to him for about fifty seconds and rubbing shoulders with him, you know, nonchalantly. Yep. And he gave me a backhand to the nose, and yeah, we had a good long scrap. And and yeah, I get a lot of questions about it. It's not on YouTube anymore, but yeah, it was one of my better ones, and obviously a better name to have a really good one with. Yep. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you said, in terms of legends, I mean, it doesn't, you know, Marty McSorley's one of the best to ever, you know, Perform the enforcer role, right? So, uh yeah, to uh and and like you said, to have his last career fight—that's kind of a, uh, you know, that's a notable little thing—a bookend to a career. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: Well, yeah, and of course, my idiot friends when they have a few and they're telling stories, they're like, "Yeah, Mike ended his career. He was his last <laughs> fight." And I'm like, "Let's watch. Let's watch the verbiage here, boys." That's not entirely true.
1: <laughs> it was his last one. He didn't end
0: it. It was his last one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know how buddies are they'll They'll make you out to be bigger and badder than you ever were. So, it's oh, hey. all good. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so, um, yeah, going in here, I mean, um, number two, I'll probably throw the rock in there. I went with him a couple times. I, I, done some charity events with him since he's always been stand up and straight up and, yep. I mean he was always willing to give a kid a shot when he was you know debatably the champ back in, in the days I was coming up so I got nothing but respect for George
1: yeah no like you know just you know as fans you know we watch it and, you know you see I've seen all of George's stuff and and yours as well you know I remember watching you know being out here at Saskatoon I watched you play all the time in the dub and stuff um, how, like, how strong was George, like, when he grabbed you?
0: He, he was a monster. Yeah. And, like, a lot of other monsters, like, George had good balance. And so I didn't really have that up on him. I mean, the thing that probably saved me against him, I mean, I, I took, you know, I definitely took the loss in our first one. Uh, Because he got that left jackhammer going, and thankfully I I was smart enough to get just on his inside with those long arms that I was basically catching the forearm. But he he was so big and strong, it would knock you off balance, and you know a couple stars here and there. But you know probably better than going to sleep. Well, yeah. You know one, one funny story I remember is. Uh, after our second one, we're sitting in the box, and he goes, "Brownie, you got you got stronger and you hit harder this year." And I said, "Oh, thanks, George. You know, I'm just trying to keep up with you." He's like, "Yeah, I think you got the win in that one." And I said, "No, I go. That's all good, George. I'm good with the draw, buddy." <laughs> so, like that's another thing about these guys, and and especially the guy that I'll get into next is, you know, you you kind of want to get them when they're They're, you know, half paying attention. You get some of these guys pissed off and they're ready to go. As soon as they put a skate on the ice, like, there might not be any stopping them at all, right? Yeah. You you get George pissed off or Grim pissed off, you know, they're coming out with one thing on their mind, not necessarily the puck. So, you know, you kind of want to catch them when they're still, uh, you know, still thinking about scoring a goal maybe.
1: Yeah, keep, you kind of want to keep the peace a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't. it's not the best role to have, but, you know, you want to do it respectfully and, you know, try and hope both guys get out of it all right.
1: Yep. No, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a list so far. So, I mean, Jesus, number one. Well, here we are. I mean, uh, w- w- what do you got? Lay it on me here. Number one. On Mike Brown's top well, five opponents.
0: Well, this this guy I, I've become good friends with since, and we've always been friendly off the ice. But this guy, you put a pair of skates on him, and he's got one thing in mind, and and that's to punch through the back of your head. And that, I mean, great guy, but you know, this is a guy you didn't want to get pissed off, in you, and that's uh, Scotty Parker.
1: I I got I got a feeling that's where you're going with this one, and uh I mean I've well, seen. Well,
0: I I was yeah I was blessed. I got to play against him at junior in the minors and in the NHL. So, well,
1: yeah, lucky you. Yeah, I got I got the
0: trifecta there, and and the I mean you look back at his first few fights in Cologne, and you're kind of like, all right, you know, there's going to be a crossroads for this guy, and. You know, he hit the crossroad all right and he just got bigger, batter, and meaner. Yeah. On the, on the ice, on the ice, off the ice, he's a big, he's a great guy, but, you know, on the ice, you know, we, we'd talk after the game and I always remember shaking his hand and his would wrap around mine and he'd give it a squeeze and I'd get pissed off because, you know, our hands are sore and his are twice as big as mine and, <laughs> and, the, you know and then, you know, you'd shoot the shit after, but, you know, once that game's on, after a fight, we'd look at each other, we got be like, good job parts, and we'd kind of snarl, and he'd still be in that mode, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, and you
1: guys, like I said, I get, you know, watching you guys in the Western League and stuff, but, I mean, you guys had wars, man. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that one along the board. Well, did, did you
0: not hit your head on the back of the boards
1: going down on one of them?
0: Yeah, he did. I mean, that was, we were, we were having a good one. Obviously, there's a lot of build up there. Yep. Um, and then especially in that barn, like, people don't understand, too. That barn was smaller. The crowd was over top of you. Yep. The dasher board went up to about my nips, which I'm (laughs) 6'5. Like, it was just a, it was, uh, I had to play minor hockey in that barn. Like, I was, it was above my head growing up sometimes. And then, of course, you know, all the build up, we finally got to it. We were having a good one. And that's the thing, too, is Parks doesn't want to draw. Like, he, he wants to knock you out or he's going to be pissed off for a while. And, uh, you know, I respect him. That's the way he's wired. So we were having a good one. And I, you know, he wasn't getting me at the end and he finally just overpowered me. And yeah, unfortunately I hit my head on the back of the dasher, you know, had, had some blood out the back, but. Fortunately, I was okay. And I mean, I don't think he meant to smash my head by any means, but you know, you get two big guys going at it and one guy throws some strength at you, you, you might get hit.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and like I said, watching, uh, watching those battles, I mean, those were, that was something. What you and Parks, like you said, that was kind of the build up. You guys are kind of like the main guys in the league and it was, uh, everybody was waiting for it.
0: So, and you guys didn't disappoint. Yeah. That's for sure. Hey, well, I, I, another thing too, I gotta give myself some credit for that guy's career, cause, you know, I, he, he was kind of iffy coming up, and he was a big dude, and he hadn't quite figured it out, and I, we fought when, uh, our first years there when I was in Red Deer, and, you know, that was before the tie down days, so I used to try and sneak out of my jersey. I was pretty skinny back at the time, and, I got stuck in my jersey, and he, well, he filled my face with a pretty good shot, put me on my ass, and then he kind of went on a tear from there, so, you know, I kind of, I guess I kind of gave him that confidence for a while.
1: Yeah, well, like you said, said they were, uh, actually, yeah, well, great battles, and, um, actually, a fight I was going to ask you about while I've got you on the phone here, uh, and I've never seen it, and I'm I'm, I'm friends with the guy, and I've uh, I always wanted to ask you about it on Twitter, and I never have, but uh, how'd your fight with Mel Engelstad go?
0: Uh, that was pretty good. Um, that would have been my second year. He was in Manitoba. Yep. Obviously, we all saw the fight with him and Hordechuk earlier in the year, and you know, you, you knew he had heavy hands. You knew he could take a punch, and and that's where I kind of knew, you know what, I'm not, I wasn't always necessarily a toe-to-toe guy, because then you, when you get into that, you know, you get hit right, one, you're going to lose, and two, you know, how bad are you going to lose, so I tried to keep it a little more on the technical side, but from what I remember, it was, was a pretty good little fight, it wasn't overly long, it definitely wasn't him versus Hortichuk, but... You know, we did our job.
1: Right on. Well, Mike, like I said, I wasn't going to keep you too long today. It was just going to be a short one, but I would definitely, uh, hopefully if you're up to it, uh, you know, next in the new year here, I'd like to do a, a much longer kind of deep dive into your into your career because I got so many questions for you. And, I mean, we got to, you know, we'll talk Red Deer playing with Ashton and Lloyd Shaw and all the boys and all the way up through the minors and stuff. And uh, And if, if you'd like, I'd love to have you back on.
0: Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. I I enjoy all these talks. Obviously, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not one to pump my own tires, but there's some pretty funny stories about guys that I played with and guys like you know you just mentioned Lloyd Shaw and Aaron Ashram. Like I got to play with Terry Ryan. Yep. You know, I I've been around and played with some pretty damn cool guys, and I love going back over all the old stories because you know what, it was back in the heyday of hockey when you know it's a bit of a different game obviously we probably behaved a little worse than the kids do nowadays with all the social media you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good stories going back there yeah
1: and like i said with this podcast i mean that's that's the goal for this for my for this podcast is uh you know to get you guys on and uh and tell your stories and the boys all have stories and uh you know and uh and, and that's the thing, I just give, give you guys a spotlight for a little while.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it took up a good 12, 13 years of my life. I better leave it with some pretty good stories.
1: I was going to say, absolutely. Well, Mike, I won't keep you any longer, but I appreciate you for taking the time today, and uh, we will certainly uh, we will certainly revisit this, and we'll do it again.
0: Sounds good, and Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners.
1: Uh, thank you very much and to you and yours alright man take it easy have a good day you too thank you thanks Mike appreciate it Okay,
0: bye and you people that don't like fighting how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on